Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. It is a party. Always a party here on Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. And I am Cynthia Bryan, your host and personal growth coach for the hour. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, and we are thrilled that you are with us. Today's show, we're going to talk about decluttering and cleaning out your house and garden. It's springtime, or almost springtime, so we have to get ready for that, but Coming up in segment two and three, it's a really important conversation. We're going to be talking about South Africa and how zero day is uh, fast approaching for Cape Town. Despite recycling water to flush toilets, taking 90-second showers, and using hand sanitizers more often, the worst drought in over 100 years has reached a crisis point. At the dams, the lakes, the reservoirs are almost empty. And on April 12th, Cape Town is going to be turning off the taps. It could happen in California. Heather Brittany will be joining us to discuss this crisis and how water rationing might become the norm for our future. It is climate change, and we cannot deny it any longer. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. We have lots of events coming up. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. A big thank you goes to Michael Verbuga Construction, who has sponsored our Moraga Fair. And we also want you to check out the Oakland A's versus the um, Angels, the Los Angeles Angels baseball game that's coming up on June 15th. You can find that under our events, BeTheStarYouAre.org. The Miracle Moment is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. (laughs) Mixing up those W's and R's. Whatever games are played with us, we must play no games with ourselves. So think about that one. I think it was telling us to be true to ourselves. You can might be able to tell a white lie to somebody else, but you can never lie to yourself. Truth is rarely written in ink, but it does live in nature. It all started with a box of toothpicks. Now, my siblings and I, we finally had the heart and the stamina to start cleaning out our mother's farmhouse. The farmhouse was built before 1900. We made mandatory four piles. 
you know all of them. There's garbage, there's the donation pile, the share, the keep. As we meticulously emptied and cleaned each drawer and cabinet out. And then we came upon several new boxes of toothpicks. So we kind of handed them out and we decided, you know, we'll keep some at the house because we're keeping the house as a family gathering place. But uh, we could each take a box home. So when I got home, I opened my drawer where I kept my toothpicks. And I discovered that I already had six boxes of toothpicks, and each box contained 500 picks. Now, I can't even imagine, I don't know, I'd have to use several picks every day in order to go through that many toothpicks. But I was sort of horrified. So I started emptying that drawer. Then I realized I had to create four piles in that drawer. And then what began as a simple task of just putting away a small box of toothpicks resulted in a full day of purging and organizing. And that's what gets me to the fact that we have to start decluttering our houses (laughs) at the moment and also cleaning out because it is springtime. Now, the reason we were cleaning my mom's house is my mom died unexpectedly a a year ago and we just couldn't bring it you know we just couldn't do it and now we realize that this is something that we really do need to do but it's a big farm there's going to be a lot of stuff to clean out sheds barns uh, shops uh, garages all kinds of you know all kinds of things plus this big old 1900 um farmhouse. So when I was talking to people about this, I was told about something called death cleaning. It's a decluttering in the Swedish style. And it is, I, it's very hard for me to think about it because it's the latest export from Sweden. And it isn't a, um, you know, the, a furniture store or anything, but it's specifically a way of end of life cleaning. The real name for it is, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, but Dostantin, and it translates to death cleaning. It's a tough-minded way for the Scandinavian culture to declutter and clean before you die. So that way you relieve the burden from the family of creating you know, this, what we're having to go through now of going through, you know, it can be kind of invasive. You feel like you're invasing, invading the personal space of someone. So what are the problems about keeping too much stuff? I mean, almost all of us had it. The thing about having to clean out somebody's house after they've died is it's very, very time consuming. And everybody today, you know, you have jobs, you have families, you have all kinds of commitments, maybe in the community, and it's really hard to take care of the things. So when you're trying to decide what to keep or what to discard, it's probably something you want to talk about with the family. When I was talking to my sister about this idea, they say that when, you know, like most people in that are doing this kind of death cleaning now, they start maybe at age 50. And I thought to myself, Well, you know, it's pretty hard to do a death cleaning because basically the stuff that you have is stuff that you like. So instead, maybe go through your house and just toss out anything that you wouldn't want anybody else to see, you know, anything private, maybe diaries or or anything like that that you've kept around. 
And then just clean your closets and clean your sheds and clean your garages and focus on having everything organized so that if something does happen to you, uh, of course, you'll be gone. So you probably won't know, but (laughs) you won't be embarrassed when you get to the other side. But this also got me to thinking about our garden marching orders for this month because it is time to clean out the potting shack, you know, the storage sheds, organize the garage, tidy up our cluttered gardens. Um, I started pruning the hedges, edging the lawn, sharpening the tools, washing the lawnmower blades, and most of all, pulling those sprouting weeds. You have to spring forward by cleaning your houses and then also by removing all the debris from your gardens if you really want to be prepared to have a really nice, fun springtime and getting ready for summer. So there is something about this pre-spring season that revs up our systems and begs us to dust off the old to make way for the new. We just yearn to get rid of the mess, at least I do. And a lot of stuff just gather over the winter. Now, again, here in California, it's a more, well, in this part of California where I am, it's a, a little more mild winter. We're not having snow as they would up in the Sierras. But still, When it's raining outside, as it is today, if I have to put something, I'll usually just stick it in the garage. So by the time spring comes, you know, you do need a a garage cleaning. And then the storage area. I went into my storage shed and it was filled with, you know, old pieces of wire and some light fixtures and string lights and patio pads and tiki torches and uh, glass and lawn seed and fertilizer and soil mixes. There was even Christmas tree stands and even toys from the kids and they've been long gone and old hoses and a multitude of underutilized machines and gadgets that were geared to make gardening simpler. But in reality, were just too burdensome for me to figure out or to oil or to keep running or to repair. So it actually took me a full seven days to bring the order to the chaos just in the shed. Now, as overwhelming as a cleaning or decluttering project sounds, there's only one way to start, and that's just to start. You can't be paralyzed by the enormity of the task. You do it bit by bit, and you take everything out of the spaces that you're going to clean. You don't want to try to wipe around anything. Everything has to go out. And then once the space is empty, you sweep the space, you mop it, you brush out the cobwebs, you disinfect it. Uh, Clorox or bleach has become kind of my, my favorite pal. I've gone through several gallons of it. And then next, you designate four areas for your decluttering. There are four areas are things you're going to keep, things you're going to donate, trash, and then recycle or sell. Now, you will be amazed at how much junk you have. I mean, anything that you're keeping, donating, giving away, or selling, you want to clean that first because places like Goodwill or Salvation Army or definitely any consignment stores, anything like that, they're not going to take anything that's dirty. So everything has to be clean. The trash, dump it. Unless you have chemicals, insecticides, pesticides, paints, or contaminants, those have to be taken to a special facility for disposal. And that includes uh, prescription drugs. Uh, You can't just throw them down the toilet. You know, you don't want to just crush them up or whatever. 
You want to contact your garbage collection agency for drop-off locations and for any of these chemical insecticide or any kind of contaminant drop-offs. Then your donations, box them up and get them donated immediately, lest you be tempted to reclaim the items. I was talking to somebody who said that they put boxes to donate into their garage and then with, you know, and they didn't take them to the donation center right away. And sure enough, within the week, they were back out there, you know, rummaging through them, trying to see what they could. They decided to keep and they ended up back in the house again. So You have to do the same thing with your recyclables or any sale items. Organize what's left to store in a manner that is easily and safely accessible to you. You know, and sometimes you might have to go through a second purging. But now when it comes to your garden, walk around your garden and really look at your landscape. What needs a tune-up? Are the hinges on your gate squeaking? Do you have a broken fence slat? Do your hedges need a haircut? When was the last time you painted or stained your deck? Is it time for a patio power wash? Now, if you live in an apartment and you just have a balcony, no problem. Go out there. Check it. What do you have to do? Does it just need a sweeping and a washing down? Would it it be good if you bought a couple new containers because you might have some broken ones out there? If you have animals, pick up the dog bones, clean out the litter boxes, get a storage container for all those unused children's or pet toys. If you have an irrigation system, turn on the sprinklers, determine if you have any broken heads or pipes. What about your nightscaping? Do you have bulbs that are burned out? Are the batteries run down on your solar lights? And your front entrance and your sidewalk, they're the first greeting areas for yourself and for guests. You want to give your porch a thorough cleaning and a sweeping. Make sure your front door is clean and there's not spider webs, you know, and spiders hanging from it or just dirt that has accumulated over the winter. Add a blooming plant in a pretty pot and maybe buy a new welcome mat. Polish the hardware on your door. In other words, just spruce it up. Give it something that that would make it look pretty. And then after weeding your flower beds, add a fresh layer of mulch, not only to beautify your landscape, but also to retain the moisture and to keep the soil temperatures constant while you can deter erosion and turn the compost pile. That would be an important thing. Just turn the compost pile. And as you march around your yard, you'll discover a plethora of chores that are begging for your attention. So make a list, check it twice or three times, and get to the most important items first. Now, what's happening in your garden right now? Now, there's still bare branches of trees, and it's telling us that it is still winter. We have a few more days of summer, but the buzzing of the bees coupled with the sweet melodies of songbirds indicate that spring is right around the corner. Now, my garden seemed to have awakened from its slumber a full month early. And until the last few days of the month, you know, February had been bone dry and exceptionally sunny, forcing many numerous plants to bloom early. Daffodils, narcissus, they were blooming for a couple of months. Now, the Italian white peach that normally forecasts St. Patrick's Day, which is coming right up, was in full bloom at Valentine's Day. My shamrocks are blooming now. The, we call shamrocks, uh, they're also known as axalis, and I have the cherry yellow color. They come in white and also a pink. And colorful freesias, tulips, Dutch Irish, calla lilies, and hyacinths are truly announcing the stirrings of spring. Now, 
precipitation is always welcome news here in California, and especially today as we're talking about, going to be talking about the uh, water crisis that is happening in South Africa and around the world. But remember that if you have a frigid night, that you are going to have some plants that are going to die. So you may want to make sure that you have some sheets to cover up those plants. And uh, roses should already be pruned, and they're probably going to be starting to bloom very, very soon. So make sure to declutter and clean out your closets, your house, and your garden, and you will be ready for springtime. When we come back from break, Heather Brittany will be joining me, and we are going to South Africa to discuss this terrific horrific, I should say, water crisis where zero day is fast approaching. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. The star you are. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show Well, thank you for staying with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. We are going to South Africa, to Cape Town. The day when the taps run dry is fast approaching. Zero day. South Africa's second largest city, a top international tourist draw, is running out of water. With me is Heather Brittany, and she is going to be discussing this very, very challenging situation. Welcome, Heather, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Well, you know, I was telling you earlier that I just had a, a very good friend that was in Cape Town who um, actually stayed in a hotel and was given a bucket of water. 
that I think it was 13 gallons that she was given that they were allowed for a full day. And that was to brush your teeth, to give a sponge bath and then, you know, whatever you were going to do to drink, et cetera. And then at the end of the day, you were supposed to pour it in your toilet to flush it. And um, that just sounds really, really bad. So people are collecting water from pipes fed by underground springs and other towns and all of this. Tell us what you have found out with your research on what's happening in Cape Town and South Africa. Yeah, so it kind of blew my mind. You know, the other day when we were um, just, to, you know, have, it's amazing thing it's already been a month, but we were talking about the Academy Awards, which seemed so um, insignificant to what else is going on in the world. And um, you think, and you look on TV, and in certain places there's droughts, or there's floods, and to think that a town or a city that has over 4 million people living it, and this is a very tourist for this is um, not just something where, you know, in the Mojave Desert, far off, um, and this is a place that's filled, you know, surrounded by ocean. Now, actually, lead me um, something else into this whole uh, desalination, but anyway, there, um, in 2014, actually, they were thinking, wow, you know, they, they had been up with water, and times were good, and people had been saving, and there's been great conservation, and um, as here in California, as we know, what um, a drought can do, what a great rain season um, can do for our state, as well as what uh, droughts can do to devastate a state and devastate towns and cities and drought and drought. Um, and with that, it's happened that they've been now in a three, four-year drought that I believe um, has dipped down to 26% of uh, the water, and so that people now, you know, as you said, um, having a friend that they were given a bucket, people are told, you know, to take 90-second showers, um, and that, what, you know, they're only on um, 50 liters, which is about 13 gallons a day, uh, which sounds like a lot of uh, water when you hear that, um, but, um, you, know, you know, Californians, as Americans, we use 15 times that. I know I'm someone I still try to be so... Um, so with efficient conscious yeah. of the environment, but I know I take long showers. I loved and California recently um, we were at least in Southern California, we were in more of a drought restriction and then we had all this wonderful rain and actually as we do the show today, uh, we've just been pouring rain here, which is so fantastic for us because we need it. Um, and reading this and, and I'll get into later in the show too of how even in California, um, similar water crises are going on. Um, but, yeah, so going on in Cape Town, it's just amazing to think that a metropolitan area could be facing something like this because it shows it can happen anywhere, and there's things beyond our control. Um, there's things, again, getting global, global warming. If we, you know, if we don't have the water coming in. Um, so they've actually, as I've mentioned before, that there is ocean filled all around them. Um, so if you've ever heard desalination of taking um, salt water and it being purified, um, there's still huge water restrictions going on. And um, the good and bad news, of course. Um, so good news is this date um, has been, been putting uh, press back further and further. Um, but showing, because some people are very, very good about uh, saving water and taking part, and then there's other people who are not. And a big thing there, the concern is um, there's some people who, again, it's 
it's fascinating if you go to one part of anything. And um, I think we can experience, too, when you travel, you see the tourist parts of some areas that are very populated, and you would think that areas are very, very wealthy and very nice. And you go a few miles out, and it's a different story, not to say it's completely impoverished, but it's definitely um, a definite, uh, a different economic lifestyle. And so it leads to something, considering of water wars, of if, um, in fact, if day zero actually comes. And there's been in talks um, that people said that once they announced this day zero, there was this sort of um, hysteria, which is good and bad in ways that it got some people to wisen up and really uh, think more about it. But it also creates this thing of... um, you know, going to these springs where people would normally just wait in line, that fights are staying right. You know, that thing when people suddenly can't have something, people start to get in that worrisome. And uh, and then it becomes, if you can afford, just if we've seen in times when with gas prices, how gas shoots up and what happens with that um, and the issues that things that people go through. So kind of the takeaway, you know, with everything is this really can happen anywhere. It isn't just in Africa. It's in America. Um, I mean, and you said you personally having a friend exists with that. And, you know, what is she, I mean, what, how did you feel of going with this? I know in California, we've, I, I know if you're someone that you have a water well system at your house that you, you know, try to take so many measures. Um, but I know you already see how water goes up um, within our own state, even with taking these things and how, um, coming from a family that is of farmers, how um, water is such an essential part, not even just for you know ourselves as humans that we need to survive, but sometimes for our livelihood of the um, you know the produce that or the the product that we create. Well, you know, I think that's one of the big things too, because that I always worry about it. I mean, we've been in droughts here, obviously here in California, and fortunately last year we had plenty of rain so they lifted the drought however our local water system our local water company instead of reversing back the rates to what they were pre-drought or at least just leaving them they actually raised our rates by 20 percent this year and they're going to raise them by 20 percent for the next two years which really is infuriating because they're already so high but their reasoning is for infrastructure I'm just hoping that it does indeed go for in- infrastructure, but they're saying that you know they need to um, to really work on reservoirs and work on pipes and all of that. But every year when when summer comes along, even though we have a well, it goes dry, and I it it'll fill up like once during the week so I'll be able to water gardens but I think about like all the animals and with South Africa what's happening is you know there's the farms are out there and when I was traveling in Vietnam and Cambodia this a couple months ago we met a really lovely couple that um, are farmers in in South Africa and they said this is a real problem right now for the farmers because they can't water their crops, so the crops w- will be dying. When the t- crops die, there's no food. When um, there's no food for people or for animals, then animals die. You know, it's a, there's a whole there's a whole uh, domino effect that happens. So it really is rather it, it's this drought is really really horrific. And uh, I was also reading when I was looking this up about 
the climate change now, you know how we're having the um, kind of the population explosion from people who are refugees who are trying to escape different countries, whether it be for political reasons or warfare. What the governments are saying is that the next big refugee population is going to be climate change. It's going to be because there's not going to be water and the temperatures are going to be high. So that's very scary. Um, I saw something and I thought this is interesting to our listeners. What can be done with a liter of water? So a liter, let's see, when we think about what a liter is, it's not quite a a quart. So I guess, um, uh, you know, I guess we'd have to establish what's the difference of a liter to um, a liter to a quart, how many quarts in, um, how many quarts in a liter. But I think that this is kind of very interesting. So one liter equals 1.05 quarts. Okay. 1.05. That's fluid in the United States. So I guess it's pretty much. Two cups, correct? Yeah. No, that's a pint. Yeah, a quart co- is quart, four, four cups. So a quart is four cups. Yeah, a four a cup. I mean, a blah. a quart is four cups. Okay, All so right. a liter. So a liter We're is just so four mathematical cups. today. <laughs> I know, but listen to this. Okay, so what can you? Let's just call it a quart. What can yeah, you do with do one quart of water? One quart of water. Um, so let, we'll start big. I'm going to start big and come small. Eighteen quarts of water. Will wash dishes and could wash clothes. Fifteen quarts gives you that ninety-second shower. Fifteen ninety-second shower. Nine quarts will flush one toilet. Now that is if it's a low-flush toilet, because uh, toilets from a few years ago they took seven gallons to flush. Mm-hmm. Okay, a three quarts. Is just enough like to wash your face and brush your teeth. Two quarts you could use for cooking. Two quarts you could use for drinking water. And one quart would fill a dog bowl. So so think about it. If you're only allowed 13, um, what was what were they giving you? Was it 13 They're giving Each person gallons. is given uh, 50 liters or 13 gallons a day, yeah. which, again, it sounds like a lot, but I but heard leaving not. a faucet on for one minute uses three gallons of water. Oftentimes, you said flushing a toilet can use Seven 13 gallons. gallons. And right. um, when researching this, I watched some, you know, some CNN or, you know, sort of global things from different uh, newscasts that had gone and interviewed people, and it's just fascinating. People are kind of showing their their tips on it and how they would use uh, this water to wash their face, then to wash their hands, then to wash the dishes, then right. to mop the floor, then to pour the vegetables, and, um, and it just really trying to, to use every little last every bit drop. for it. And, um, and just trying to be conservative. And, you know, again, it, it creates so many different issues with it that, um, I, again, at least the good news is that water is being conserved. Um, the bad news is that more of it isn't coming. And if they're, they are working on this um, uh, desalination of pumping water, ocean water, which 
Um, again, I don't know the two scientific behind it, but I, I've always thought about that of why we have, you know, we are, uh, our, our planet is more water than it is, you know, earth in that way, I guess, or yes. dirt. Um, and how we have all this, but yet it's, you know, it's salt water, so it's undrinkable. But about desalination, but, um, I don't quite know the process, but I know that they have the building. So it's leaning up time, but, but then again, you get those who are not conserving with it. And um, as all things goes in life, is that money talks is that people are willing to pay the fines. That you know, there are some people that are like, "Oh, it's fine. We'll just pay the fines with it." And though that is helpful, they're paying a fine. Um, there still isn't more water being able to put in. So it it sort of this bizarre thing about when there's money, money doesn't exactly um, create more water in that sense. That's um, exactly it. It doesn't matter if you pay the fine. Access to it. Um, so, you know, when it becomes a time when they won't have, um, because, and it, they said when, this, what the day zero is, is that um, it's when they won't have enough. It isn't that there'll be zero water. Um, it's that the, they're going to shut off the water and they're going to begin to truly limit sort of, you know, in those times that people will come and, you know, be able to get their gallon of water a day or whatever it will be. However, um, in these times, uh, if you have money, they'll, as all things go, people will create a new a black market, these money or these water wars and treating water wars, um, and that people will be able to purchase, you know, people that have more financial, will be able to purchase more money or have people to wait in these lines for them to get more. It's, um, it, you know, kind of goes all things. It's, it's sort of these things in life they feel that all people should have access to drinking water. And as we know, um, throughout, um, even within California, even within the United States, um, there isn't clean drinking water. We know of what's happened in Flint, Michigan. Um, but that Well, and that's a, that we what you're saying about drinking to. water is a real, real serious issue because if they don't have clean drinking water, all kinds of diseases and contaminants could be in the water. And then that could, you know, there's a big worry about the drinking water in South Africa right now. And they're, although they're using the tap water for household needs, at least from what I've read, many people are reluctant to drink it. And, you know, although the, the, um, the municipality is saying it's safe to drink, a lot of the kids were having stomach issues and people were having, you know, different kinds of ailments. So maybe it's not good to drink. You know, it might have gotten just too low. Oh, 100%. And, and that's something, too. I mean, that's something I think of in our house. So in Southern California, it's what's considered uh, hard water, that it has a lot of calcium buildup. So we have one of those water systems, and it makes all the water so delicious and clean and soft and feels so nice. And I don't take that for granted, but when I think of, I think of these moments of uh, going beyond, I think, just to have access to water. And when we hear about this in, in, other, in other parts of the world, and especially when we think in Africa, oh, my gosh, and, and here in California, how could this be? Um, but it's happening. It is happening in California. And 
if anyone is uh, aware of Southern California, if you've ever taken the five, you, all throughout it, and definitely in the last 20 years, um, the landscape has changed. And I will say going up the five, you up and down the five, you always see these signs uh, that are fighting for water, that are saying, um, you know, wh- where, uh, where water goes, uh, you know, vegetables grow, and, and fighting for the farmers, which I'm 100% for. And um, in California, we have the aqueducts, we have the water banks that um, when the water, when the ice melts in Northern California and it comes down through these waters, and what the thought is, is that it's supposed to be flowing to down into Southern California, down to what be these dry areas. Um, now when you go, you would see, you know, uh, what they call the grapevine, and you see all this lush valley. It's really, it's really come up, and you see these aqueducts, you see these water banks. Um, which, yes and no, is fantastic. Um, but if anyone um, is aware of the wonderful company, they um, are one of the biggest producers. So um, next things are talking about money. If uh, pa- uh, Palm Wonderful, if you've ever had the, that pomegranate juice, and they have fantastic um, advertising and the almonds and those pistachios, um, there's this, they, this really kitschy, funny um, advertising the, I think it's called What's Crackin' or something. All those, you know, these, um, I don't know if you've ever seen pistachio, pistachio commercials. Um, so one thing where it, um, so in Kern Valley or in Kern County, um, this, uh, this couple, the Resnicks, um, they own a lot. They are, they, they're very high in the, on the, the Forbes, um, what's that, what's that list called? Forbes, Forbes, Forbes. Oh, Forbes the Forbes, million. the Forbes, uh, the the Forbes top one hundred or billionaires or something like that. Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, whatever it is, something, they're definitely yeah. on Forbes it. Um, okay. They have again. They own um, they own Fiji Water. They own um, Halos, which used to be called uh, Cuties. Those little mandarin oranges. The wonderful pistachios. It's got the Get Kraken. Um, I think. Oh yes, they're estimated about four point two billion dollars. Um, and this estimated, um, again, investments and in, in water. And what we talked about before is this new thing about owning water. It isn't necessarily about owning the crops. It's about the water thing. So um, with the property that they bought, um, there was a, a big sort of outcry um, that people were saying, you know, there's so much water consumption. And within their town, they've actually they put back so much money. They fixed all these roads. Um, they put in public parks, these things that on the outside, I am so, I think that's fantastic for this, or, you know, putting things into charities. Uh, but an interesting thing is that the property that they bought um, came with the water rights. So something that they bought, you know, per square acre, um, they bought these, this, uh, this land. Um, but what is it coming with the water rights? They're able to sell it back to the state. So in times, um, actually the Contra Costa Times, which we're all familiar with that, um, posted something that between 2000 and 2007, um, the residents, so they bought the water rights potentially as low as $28 per acre. Um, so that's the amount of needed um, for one square foot of water. Um, and then they resold that for 196 per square acre to the state for every time they need water. So um, just in that, doing the math, quick, 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 that ends up being in that one-year process. They made $30 million on that. So um, so what does the That's amazing. Say? I don't know how, the, I didn't realize that they could, you could do something like that. But yeah, it no, sounds like what you're saying um, is that. A, a documentation, a documentation, a, a, a doc- documentary. 
a documentary that recently came out um, talking about the current crime, talking about the heist going on on Netflix. I'll have to get that name in the program for you guys. Um, but I watched it, and it was something that really kind of blew my mind that um, with places that are within an hour drive of me um, have completely run out of water, that due to droughts going on within their own county or due to um, this uh, water property owage, that water that would have been allotted to them, and this isn't a lot of times people think, um, well, uh, you know, farmers get the, the bad end of it. You hear of, um, you know, so two things that people think for agriculture that farmers are getting too much of the water. But actually what's happening is, is that the small farmers are we're not getting these um, tax write-offs and, and owning all these things. They're the ones that are having to pull thousands of, you know, acres of fields um, because they don't have access to this water. They don't, they're not able to buy it um, due to this wonderful company. And, and recent, about two years ago, they found also that the wonderful company um, was buying, again, this whole money rubbing shoulder things, um, having, buying what's considered recycled water, but from the, from Chevron. So stuff that is essentially, potentially oil contaminated water, which brings, Back into so it what could be bad water, and so it's a never-ending cycle, um, kind of throughout it. So I'm just getting clean water and within our water. Um, I mean, so many things have just shown that within our country, um, I think they said within 2040, um, this is going to be a very real thing. And I know it seems so crazy because I know when some states are having floods and it's snowing, um, and here within California, we have so many climates within us. Um, it's just all about water conservation and thinking ahead of we really need to um, be aware of what we are doing to our planet and also um, what's going on around us, I think, more than ever, and not designed to be any kind of political thing, but um, there's so much of financially-wise that those are just things uh, everyone um, as a human right is should have the right to access to water and to clean water. And to know that um, within countries, um, and we're living in one, that soon it could be something that um, it's more of a privilege that if you have the right to buy into it. And we see already is that within our state, there's places that the towns have run out of water and the, the you know, the uh, wells have run out of water. And they have to buy water for these things and, and get using bottled water. Um, but due to economic standpoints, they can't move, and they're depending on things. So um, it's up to us to be active within it. And I know yeah, for yourself, um, and that was something have, that was said a, about a South Africa access. was that um, if people had the means to get out of Cape Town, they were leaving because there was no way that it could be sustainable at the moment. But as you said, unfortunately, not everybody has the means to get out. And it is really, you know, I'm glad that you're bringing this to the forefront, that large companies are buying land or farmland up just so that they can have the water rights. Um, No, I had no idea about that. I had no idea. Um, what, so I found it. So, um, what I want people to check out and yourself. So it's available on Netflix. I'm sure you can probably even find it just on YouTube. It's called Water and Power or California Heist. It was a documentary that came out in 2017 and it really shows all, all sides of things, but something really fascinating again that I was so unaware of, 
um, is in that unfortunate thing. And you see this. What it, what it kind of made me realize is corporations buying out other things. You see that uh, with craft beer a lot of times, that these little breweries suddenly get bought out by Budweiser or something, and sometimes the quality starts to, to slowly fade off. And sometimes it's to they want to take over that name, or sometimes it's they want to get that product off them. They want to get rid of that guy so that that competition doesn't even exist. And other times there's something much more sinister in there. And um, something interesting in this documentation is <laughs> documentation. What this document, uh, this documentary, what they keep talking about. And one thing is here in California, is being people that are so involved uh, with wine in the winery business is up in Paso that um, these wineries or these vineyards were being bought up, and um, people, you know, when they were saying it crazy with these big companies and it wasn't the on the surface is that they're saying that they're buying it for the winery for the ag so that they can get those particular write-offs but what they're buying it for is for the water access and then they control that with other things and that creates a whole nother monopoly i mean it's it's just things um it's it's kind of scary in this way just kind of because it puts forward with so many other things of how that goes within our life and that you see all these smaller places going out of business due to these bigger corporations. And something actually um, fascinating um, about it is that almonds, I guess, really um, aren't, should not be growing in, in California. And the consumption of what, even though they're a very healthy nut, they're not indigenous to here, and the amount of water that they take up um, is amazing. So, anyways, I had. And you know, it's interesting you're talking about almonds because that tends to be one of the crops that really helps. Um, that helps the people. The people who farm almonds tend to get wealthy because they're very, uh, you know, to buy them, they're very expensive. Whereas a lot of other nuts, like walnuts, you know, that do grow well here and don't take all that water, uh, the farmers don't make very much on them at all. So that's very, that is uh, fascinating. But getting back to Cape Town and what we're talking, uh, have they moved the date up now as far as when the... The most recent thing I saw was May 11th. I know before they were, I think they had said April 13th, and then I think was it April 20th it had gotten moved to? Yeah, I thought um, it got, I thought it was up to April 10th was the last one that I saw. But so it's, has it been moved back? Is that what you think now? The most recent I know thing that, is that May 11th is what they're considering. Is the it, most but, recent? But again, this is, this was March 13th, um, which goodness was uh, yesterday. So I guess that was yeah. I guess that was a pretty updated thing. With that's that. the most updated, right? That's definitely. Um, that's but definitely yeah, you said it's just it's amazing. So okay, so one thing is saying that it's a personal water use North America versus Cape Town. So North America. And I, I know, I, I gosh, I know you. Growing up, were so good with us, you know. I, I even did that commercial for it. But I, there was that old saying we used to always say about, you know, if it's yellow, let it mellow. Right, it's right. Mellow, uh-huh. it um, and uh, they were saying that if it's yellow, let it mellow. And they said if it's brown, just let it drown in the yellow. That's oh. mellowing. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> that's I funny. thought 
funny. Oh, I didn't. I hadn't. I hadn't heard that. Um, Well, you know, but you know, something that we've done here in California is, and I do it now. I mean, if I boil an egg, I save that water, I let it cool, and I pour it on my plants. You know, when I'm, whenever I'm washing anything, I save that water and I put it on the plants. I clean out the coffee pot. I put it on the plants. So I think that we do try, you know, I, because we've had such water issues here in California, uh, most people do try to save as much as possible. I never just turn on the tap and let it run. If I'm brushing my teeth, I wet the toothbrush, yeah. I turn the tap off, then I turn it back on. And as much as I would love to take long showers, we just can't up here in Northern California anymore because, you know, we're trying to, we're really trying to save water as well as the price has just gone so crazy. But one thing I was reading about South Africa is that uh, one of the commodities that have gone up so much in price and they can't even keep them in stock are any kind of vessel that would hold water, whether that's wow. plastic bottles or bins or storage boxes or vases. Anything that will hold water is sold out. It's uh, people have just been trying to fill everything they possibly can with as much water as as possible. And you can imagine, you can imagine how that would be. And desalinization, I agree with you. I really, this is something that I remember when I was in college, I studied desalinization. And I thought then it's such a great idea because they were doing it in Israel at the time. And I just thought, this is, a, this is really something. We are surrounded by oceans. And 90% of the world is, of this earth is ocean. So why don't we do desalinization? Yeah. But for some reason, it still hasn't come to the forefront. It still isn't, you know, right. I, I don't know. We're, we're, going, we're trying to go to Mars, but we're not trying to keep. <laughs> water on our planet. And I would think that this would be something that scientists and billionaires that really want to um, be on the cutting edge, I would think that that would be something they would be working on. You know, I feel the same. Again, the things that I don't understand, but again, I feel like why can't we, isn't there there some way that we can repurpose all this water or you know, moving in the future, just as you said, why are we we're trying so hard to get off this planet and, you know, to go build a dome and, and on Mars somewhere? Why don't we focus on trying to help what we have here and, you know, find ways of repurpose, or, you know, of, of healing our Earth or at least, you know, trying not to damage it anymore and, yeah. repur- and finding more um, environmentally sound ways. I mean, I feel like the way, how are we able to create video games that are so life-like and why can we just improve actual life? Um, I would think, you know, in, in now... Well, I in think it is. I think they're doing things around the world more and more for desalinization because we really do have to start saving, um, so, you know, turning seawater into fresh water. You have to remove that salt, obviously, and, um, you know, boiling seawater doesn't, doesn't do it. So I'm not sure how they're all going to do it. But, you, you know, you can start, you can start uh, looking at it because I do see that our government is working on it. But I, I don't know why we're working so hard, as you said, to get off the planet first. Oh I, think, 
Uh, we may have to get off this planet if we don't find water. I think that's the that's the final thing. But this whole crisis that's happening in South Africa, South Africa is very, very much like California. And of course, a lot of the people are very angry with the government of didn't they see this predicament coming and why weren't they more prepared for it? Uh, the population is 4 million and it's growing more, you know, more and more. But also what's happening is our climate is rapidly changing. And yeah. that's something that we all have to acknowledge, right? We have to acknowledge that. So anyway, we are out of time, as always. Why don't you just go ahead and wrap it up? Well, Stephanie, and reasons, again, um, or contribute um, towards why our climate is changing is the emissions that we are putting out. It's the things that we are doing that's making this impact. So if we want to help and save for ourselves, it's the little things that we can do because every little thing makes a big, big impact. Um, again, if you want to check out more and inspiring things, check out the websites at bethestudyart.com and And yes, and I also want to remind people that my book, Growing with the Goddess Gardener, yeah. is available. And <laughs> thank you, Heather. You can go to CynthiaBryan.com forward slash book. The best place to buy it is at that website. You'll get a f- whole package of free goodies with it. You'll get seeds and herbs and some in- a lot of information about different plantings and all kinds of good things. So go there. You'll get your money's worth. And I think you'll enjoy the book, CynthiaBryan.com. Well, thank you, Heather, for being on again and for talking to us about this water crisis. I hope that that we can find a solution quickly and that we do uh, are able to turn seawater into fresh water and that the people in South Africa find a solution before that zero day. Thanks for listening. We are here every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. We come to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. Don't forget about Be The Star You Are. We have a fantastic game, A's versus Angels, coming up. Discount tickets going to be on the field on June 15th. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to get your tickets. And we're going to have a big raffle for four people get to go to batting practice and meet the players. That's going to be pretty cool. So my aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you and do read a book this week because a book is like a garden in your pocket. We hope that you have a very happy St. Patrick's Day and get ready for spring because it is right around the corner, but enjoy the rain if you have it. And until next week when we celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And you've been listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We thank you. We encourage you. Go out into the world and be the star you are. Wear green and don't get pinched. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you are.org ignite the flame that burns brightly within 
Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. Star, be the star.